Hey there, thanks for checking out the Ike Wingate Morning Show podcast. Well, you've thought about doing your own podcast, let me tell you, it's not near as hard as it used to be. I launched a podcast back in 2008, and it was crazy difficult to get it listed everywhere where listeners were, which back then wasn't really that many places. But now, podcasts are everywhere, and with a platform like Buzzsprout, you can be all over the place with one click, plus a great-looking website, analytics, and more. That's why... We use Buzzsprout. So follow the link in the show notes, and that'll let Buzzsprout know that we sent you, and you'll get a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. Plus, it helps support our show as well. Again, down in the show notes with Buzzsprout. Let's go. All right. Go ahead. The time is now. Let's do it. Here we go. This is the Ike Wingate Show. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Join the show now. Text 870-505-1518. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host. Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Good morning. Welcome to another day, another show. Here we are on Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. A man is suing after he didn't win the lottery. That's coming up. Plus, the secret to a long life, a cornhole sponsorship. We'll be talking law as well in studio with Thurman and Flanagan. New words in the dictionary and more all coming up today on the show. This hour, celebrity birthdays, this day in history, and random facts on the way for you soon. All brought to you by Thurman and Flanagan, attorneys at law, online at ozarkjustice.com or call 479-253-1234. Good morning! And it is that time of morning for your celebrity birthdays. Here on Wednesday, February 21st, 2024, Blanket Jackson. Blanket Jackson, that's his real name. No, it's not? Okay. His real name is Prince Michael Jackson II. He's 22 today. Yeah, he is Michael Jackson's son, who was dangled off a balcony back in 2002. You remember that? Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa Stark on Game of Thrones, is 28. Haley Orancia, Adam's sister Erica on The Goldbergs, is 30. Scout Taylor Compton, who plays Laurie Strode in Rob Zombie's Halloween movies, is 35. Corbin Blue, Disney's high school musical, 35 today. Ashley Green, who played Alice Cullen in the Twilight movies, is 37. Elliot Page... From the Netflix series, The Umbrella Academy, plays uh, Vanya and Victor Hargreaves, 37 today. Charlotte Church is 38. Jordan Peele of Key and Peele is 45. Actress Jennifer Love Hewitt is 45. Titus Burgess, who plays Titus on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, is 45. The little brother to Alec Daniel and Stephen Baldwin, Billy Baldwin, is 61 Christopher Atkins, who is in the Blue Lagoon from the 1980s, is 63. Kim Coates of Alexander Tig Traeger on Sons of Anarchy is 66. Jack Coleman, Claire's father on Heroes, is 66. Country star Mary Chapin Carpenter is 66. Fraser Crane, Kelsey Grammer, 69 today. And on this day in history, Lucy B. Hobbs, Became America's first female dentist in 1866. The first telephone directory issued in 1878 in New Haven, Connecticut, containing 50 numbers. Alka-Seltzer, first introduced in 1931 on this date. NASCAR, founded in 1948. Malcolm X, assassinated on this date in 1965. 
1968, the minimum annual salary for Major League Baseball players became $10,000. Yeah, on this date in 1968, it's now up to over $700,000 minimum. The Jackson 5 debuted on America Band, American Bandstand on this date in 1970. Dolly Parton's 9 to 5 hit number one on the pop chart in 1981. Let's see. Christy Yamaguchi won the gold medal in the Olympics in women's figure skating on this date in 1992. And in 2001, Eminem won three awards at the Grammys. Steely Dan won Album of the Year. And that happened on this date in 2001. Those are your celebrity birthdays in this day in history. Good morning. And it is that time of morning for your random facts. On Sesame Street, Cookie Monster's cookies contain no oils, fats, or sugars because they would stain the Muppet. Instead, they're made of pancake mix, puffed rice, instant coffee, grape nuts, and water. (laughs) Uh, With colored globs of glue for chocolate chips. Seems like the glue could damage the uh, cookies. Cookie Monster! Yeah, not so good cookies there, Cookie Monster. A pilot episode of Game of Thrones was made in 2009, but it's never aired or been released. A lot of it was rewritten and recast afterwards. The base of the Great Pyramid of Giza is not a perfect square. The west side is about five and a half inches longer than the east side. Interesting. Yeah, who built those pyramids? Did the aliens get their measurements off? Is that what you're saying? The largest city in the world in terms of area, with at least a million people, is Hulinbir in China, in Inner Mongolia in China. Hulinbir in Inner Mongolia in China. It's 101 913,000, 101,913 square miles, which makes it bigger than 42 U.S. states. It's a city. One city in China. 101,913 square miles. Technically, there is a municipality in Greenland called Sermersuk that's twice that size. It's bigger than California. But it only has about 24,000 people. So, Hulinbur in China is the biggest with at least a million people. From 1935 to 1937, restaurants in Wisconsin were legally required to serve cheese and butter with every meal. Those two years, let's just say the cholesterol level and obesity level must have gone up in Wisconsin. But, hey, look, I've got nothing against cheese and butter. I mean, those are part of the... The main food groups, are they not? Uh, Those are your random facts. Good morning. Well, a man is now suing Powerball. A guy in Washington, D.C. I wonder if he works in the government. Anyway, he is suing the D.C. lottery for not paying him $340 million in winnings after he did have the correct numbers. The ones that were listed on their website matched the ones on his ticket. The problem is, though... The website was incorrect. It had the wrong numbers posted by accident. Here's the guy's lawyer, John Cheeks, talking about it. Hey, uh, this ticket is no good. Just throw it in the trash can. And I I gave him a a stern look. I said, uh, in the trash can. Oh, yeah, just throw it away. You're not going to get paid. There's a trash can right there. 
There is precedent for this. A similar case happened in Iowa where a mistake was uh, admitted to by a contractor and they paid the winnings out. Wow. So this would be kind of a hard pill to swallow, I would think. You think you won it based on the numbers posted on the website, but those were the wrong numbers. So should the guy get the money or not? What do you think? Send me a text, 870-505-1518. Good morning. Well, you want to know the secret to a long life? Well, there is a lady who has just turned 109 years young. She's in Baltimore, and uh, her friends talk about some of the things that she loves doing and things that may be her secret to a long life. Funny enough, one of those things might be spending 80 years of her life single, as in divorced. This is Jenny Libertini's friends talking about her big birthday. She's friends with everyone. She's the sweetest little thing since she came. She knows exactly what she wants to eat, and she'll only eat what she exactly wants to eat. She's been without a man. (laughs) She's been divorced probably for 80 years. No stress. Wow, no stress, huh? They say that may be the secret. Do you agree? I don't know, but it's worked for this lady 109 years young. Good morning. It's time for Stranger Than Fiction. Well, what has started out as a backyard fun time activity, cornhole, has now evolved into a professional sport and now a collegiate scholarship opportunity. Two high school students from Colorado are the first ever to receive athletic scholarships to college for playing cornhole. This is Jackson Remick and Gavin Hammond, who are heading to South Carolina to play for Winthrop University. And then you'll hear from their coach, Dusty Thompson, talking about the opportunity. I'm shocked. I mean, as everybody is, it's it's crazy. It's groundbreaking. It's new. It's making history. I never, never could have thought that me playing just a fun side hustle would lead to um, college or going to a national level and playing. This is something that is now going to give kids an opportunity to, to get scholarships, potential full rides eventually. And there are so many kids that want to make this their career, and I think this is the gateway to make that happen. Wow, apparently, who knew Cornhole could pay for college? That is stranger than fiction. Good morning. And good morning to you. We are back in studio talking law with Thurman and Flanagan. None other than Greg Thurman back in studio. It's good to see you this morning, Greg. What are we going to talk about? Well, Ike, thank you for having me back in studio. I thought today I'd like to kind of explain to our listeners the difference between uh, cases that are tried in front of a jury, a jury trial, and cases that are tried in front of the judge, which is called a bench trial. Uh, Just kind of explain the types of cases uh, that juries hear versus the types of cases that a judge hears and makes the decisions on. I'm glad you're talking about that because especially in the news today, you hear about high-profile cases that are decided by a judge and then others that are decided by a jury, and it makes you wonder why. Well, in Arkansas, if the dispute is simply over the interpretation of the law, okay, it is a legal dispute as to how the law should be applied to the dispute, then that is reserved for the judge. That is a bench trial. Okay. The judge is an attorney that is a judge that is going to hear the dispute, you know, hear all the facts between the sides, and apply the, the legal, his or her legal interpretation of the law 
to that dispute, and that would be a bench trial. Now, there are some cases in which the parties, the plaintiff and defendant, will waive a jury trial and agree, even though it is a case that would be appropriate for a jury to hear because of expense and time, because it takes longer sometimes to get a jury trial, they will waive the right to a jury and have a bench trial and let the judge decide that case. Typically, when you have disputed facts and disputed law, a jury is going to make the decision with regard to the factual evidence. The judge will preside over the jury trial and then give jury instructions. He will instruct the jury as to the law that should be applied, but it is the jury that will be the fact finder. Okay, They will determine which facts that are put into evidence should be given the, the weight, again, depending on if it's a criminal or a civil case, what standard applies the beyond a reasonable doubt or the preponderance of evidence that I talked about in previous segments, a jury is the fact finder as to which side's facts through the evidence that's introduced should prevail by applying the correct legal standard. The judge does give jury instructions and instructs the jury as to the law that gets applied to those facts. But that's the types of cases that a jury will hear. So what would be some examples of bench trial versus jury trial? All divorce cases, child custody cases, domestic relations, all of those are bench cases. The judge is going, because in in those cases, the law is clear as to what is going to be the best interest of a child, how the division of property is to be applied, how the law says we're going to divide property, how we're going to award child support, how we're going to award alimony. Those are all legal issues. And so all of those cases are heard by the judge. Those are clear bench trial cases. You're never going to have a jury in Arkansas that is going to, you know, listen to a divorce between two parties and divide up their assets or award alimony or award child support. Those cases are all bench trial cases. Very good. Yeah, that's helpful because um, you see those differences happening and it's sort of a mystery to the average person, I think. Absolutely. And there are cases in which are clear jury trial cases. I've talked about bodily injury cases in the past, personal injury cases. Those are cases in which juries hear. Now, the plaintiff could waive the right to a jury and, and, and have a judge determine, but most plaintiffs don't want that. They want the jury to hear the facts of the case uh, and to determine the damages that are being alleged and make the decision with regards to the value of those damages. And those are cases, and again, the judge presides over the jury trial. The judge is going to give jury instructions at the end of the case, remind the jury of the burden of proof the plaintiff has. Again, this is the preponderance of evidence because it's a civil case, but it's going to be the jury that listens to all the evidence, determines if there's a negligent party, then determines whether there are damages that was caused by that negligence, and then puts a value on the damages that the plaintiff is seeking. In your experience... Have you advised clients to forego a jury trial? I would think you'd you'd want more people hearing, especially if there's an emotional component to the to the value of their case. Absolutely, Ike. If if I feel like it's a case in which a jury is better suited to understand what my client has gone through, then I want that jury pool to get together in the jury room and evaluate the evidence, apply the standard of law, and come up with a with, with a figure for damages. 
there are cases uh, in which there's less emotion involved. It's more, you know, a breach of contract situation where there's an interpretation as to this clause by one party and an interpretation as to this clause by the other party. And that's going to be a case that makes sense for a judge to decide because the judge is going to understand how the law should be applied to the contract. In Arkansas, you're going to always hold the party that drafted the contract to a higher standard than the party that didn't. Okay. And so a judge is going to know that if there is a dispute as to the interpretation of a certain clause in the contract, the judge is going to know which party is going to have less favorable treatment with regard to how that's going to be interpreted because Arkansas law is clear on that. The drafter of that contract is going to be held to a higher standard than the party that executes it that didn't draft it. That's going to be a clear legal question in which a judge is going to be the best suited to make that determination. Wow. So many things we learn every time we talk with you, Greg. I could name multiple things that I had one idea. It was, you know, this way and you completely uh, dispelled that with the truth. So I appreciate uh, the education here this morning. You're welcome, Mike. It's always a pleasure to be here and just explain to our listeners. I believe that our system is the greatest system in the world. It's not without flaws, uh, but there's none better. Talking Law, Greg Thurman, Thurman and Flanagan. We'll be back next week at the same time with Talking Law. Well, how about learning some new words? You you with that? Uh, let's do that together. New words in the dictionary, according to dictionary.com. They've added 327 words and terms, including a bunch that Gen Z likes to use. Here are a few highlights. Uh, bed rotting. Bed rotting. The practice of spending many hours in bed during the day, often with snacks or an electronic device as a voluntary retreat from activity or stress. Bed rotting. Uh, Let's see. The ick. A sudden feeling of disgust or dislike, often if in response to the actions of another person. Ick. Mid. My son uses this all the time. That's so mid. Basically, it means mediocre. Unimpressive or disappointing. That's mid. Bussin. Means great, wonderful, or amazing. Like the opposite of mid, basically. Uh, let's see. Some I can't read on the radio. Barbie core. Pink outfits, accessories, and decor that celebrates Barbie. Barbie core. Uh, let's see. Girl dinner. Never heard this one. An often attractively presented collection of snacks that involve little preparation. Okay. Cheat code. That's a life hack. Right? A like, like a hack, I should say. A ploy or technique that bypasses traditional methods or rules. Cheat code. Range anxiety. The fear that an electric vehicle's battery will run out of power before you get to where you're going. Range anxiety. And a shacket, which is a mashup of a shirt and jacket. It's a, quote, garment in the style of a button-down shirt made of a thicker fabric and usually worn over other shirts. How about that? So there you go. Those are your new terms to take a listen to uh, and, you know, possibly integrate into your vocabulary. Good luck with that. Good morning. And a very pleasant good morning to you. Are you having a good morning so far? Hopefully you are. But let's say something has happened that could be putting your day off on the wrong track. There are four common things that ruin our day with some advice on how to move past it. Traffic. Traffic can ruin our day in the beginning here. The best thing you can do is use the time doing something you enjoy, like listening to this show right here, or something. I'm not going to give you any other 
suggestions. I don't want you to leave. Uh, but, hey, look, you're in it, so you might as well make the most of it, right? Another thing that can ruin our day is canceled plans. Our brains have a tendency to turn something small into something bigger. Like, if a friend cancels plans last minute, we might wonder if they still like us. But don't do that. Don't let your mind wander into that place. Plans get canceled. It's just part of it, right? And, you know, you might just have a flaky friend. Uh, weather. Weather is something we think can ruin our day because our mood is impacted by the weather. Like, you know, when it's gloomy outside, we might feel less motivated to do or be as active as we might have. Our appearance is another thing that can ruin our day. So stuff like having a bad hair day or maybe the scale was a little bit higher up this morning than you were hoping. The best way, they say, to get past these daily annoyances is to acknowledge the emotions that come with them without the without letting the negativity take over. So basically acknowledging, I don't like that, but it's not going to continue to occupy my mind. Setbacks are a part of life, but if you focus on the things you can control, you'll keep some of the negativity at bay. That's according to an article on Huffington Post Use it for what you will. Hopefully that will help you. And, uh, you know, whatever it is that might be happening today, acknowledge it and move past it. You know, sometimes it's just thinking about the things you're grateful for. Are you healthy? Focus on that. Good morning. Thank you for listening. Today's show brought to you by Thurman and Flanagan, Attorneys at Law, online at ozarkjustice.com or 479-253-1234. Straight out of a Seinfeld episode, the Bad Shopping Cart wheel it's one of the biggest mysteries in life isn't it why haven't we been, why haven't we been able to solve it you know the old myth out there was that uh, grocery stores did it on purpose the busted up wheel to make you go slower through the store so you'd buy more yeah if you just were able to go super fast you would not make the impulse purchases you think that's true i don't know according to one of the companies that makes shopping carts the real reason behind stuck wheels is more innocent then you might think the carts just get used a lot and mistreated. People leave them in the parking lot, don't return them. Stuck wheels aren't as common at other retailers like clothing stores because the carts get used less. Come to think of it, that does make sense. Yeah. Hmm. The ones at grocery stores always get taken outside. The ones from clothing stores don't. Uh, over time, rolling through the parking lot warps the metal caster plate underneath each wheel, which can make the wheel stick or lift up off the ground. Those caster plates tend to only last five years before they need replacing, and most stores just replace them when they're completely broken down, maybe when a wheel falls off. Uh, so that's why so many carts out there have at least one funky wheel to slow you down and make you buy those sweet treats. So now you know. Good morning. Hey, I want to tell you about another podcast I'm doing, one that is shining a light in the dark corners of our media, our government, and our culture. It's the Ike Wingate Show. You can find it at IkeWingate.com. Please subscribe to it, listen to it. It's a longer-form, unfiltered podcast that delves deep into the issues that are happening in our culture. So check it out, please. Hey, thanks for checking out the Ike Wingate Morning Show podcast. It's an honor to know you've been listening and hanging out with us. We know you got choices, and believe me, we appreciate that you made this choice. We'd love to spread the word. We need your help with that. Leave us a review. 
rate us whatever you can because that'll help spread the word on the show. You want to contact us, hit us up, show at IkeWingate.com. We're on Insta. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. Just type in the Ike Wingate Show. Have a great day.